the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thank you for joining us today. The Word of God provides everything we need throughout our earthly existence. There is absolutely nothing that has, is, or will occur in our lives that is not covered by the blood of Jesus. Our sovereign God loves us so much that He created us in His own image and sacrificed His only begotten sinless Son to cover all of our sins. When we surrender our all to Him, we begin to experience the greatest love of all and become recipients of eternal life. Listen with Bible pen and paper handy as Pastor Rander ministers to us today. Number six, an exemplary father is a peaceful father. An exemplary father is a peaceful father. Isaiah 26, 3 says, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Listen, daddies, one must first be in Christ before he can possess the peace of Christ. You can't have God's peace until you have the Prince of Peace in your life. You have to have the peace of Christ before you can possess peace in your family. The peace of Christ comes only from abiding in Christ and keeping your mind steadfast on him. Fathers in a world filled with turmoil, just look around America. You see unrest. We see, I, I don't, is, is there anything left in Portland? I mean, I see every time I look around uh, in other cities, you just see just tearing down, tearing down, fight, 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 tear down, cancel out, tear up. In a world that's filled with turmoil, unrest, anger, a world of destructive behavior and rebellion, the peace of Christ should emanate from you, Daddy, and bring a common effect upon your family. Your children shouldn't be scared of you. When you walk in that house, Daddy, they want to hug you. They want to love you. I'm so glad you're here. I have a question for you. Daddy, here's where I am. Can you help me with this? Daddy, it's shame on you if your children and your wife are afraid of you. Shame on you. Your home should be a place of refuge. Your home should be a place of healing. Your home should be a place of hope because of an overwhelming sense of peace that exudes from you, a peaceful home, not yelling, not screaming. I've been married to my wife 43 years. I've never yelled at my wife, screamed at my wife, or, or put my hand back and act like I'm going to hit her. I've never shelved my wife. I, I, that's not even natural for me. And some folk can, look how quiet it's been. What you screaming at your wife? Don't you know you one flesh? And you know, the bigger man you are and the taller you are and the deeper your voice is, you need to be determined to temper your voice and to quieten your voice. Because you, you, if you six foot five or four or three and you, your child is two, two feet two, <laughs> man, you like King Kong to them almost. You have to talk Get down. Look them in the eye. Put the cookies 
down on the shelf where they can reach them. The, the cookies are the life principles that, that they can reach at their level. Number seven, I'm almost done. Fathers, refuse to allow this world system to make you afraid to discipline your children when it is warranted. Now, that's strange. When the last time you heard that? This world system is not going to teach you that. Refuse to allow this world system to make you afraid to discipline your own children when it is warranted. Spanking, say spanking. Some of y'all have said that in so long. Spanking should be the last resort. And when you administer it, be, you should be loving with spanking. You ought to be affirming when spanking. And never spank when you're angry. I see y'all looking at your children. <laughs> parents, parents, you need to deal with your children's negative attitude regardless of what age they are. I don't care if they're 31 or 21. They, you still older than them. They're 21. They say, I'm grown. You know what I tell my children? They got grown. They say, well, Daddy, I'm grown. I say, yeah, but you're young grown. I've been grown. And I know some things you don't know. You better listen to me. You're going to need everything I say then some. Don't let your children smell themselves around you. Oh, y'all hold your seatbelt now. Parents, you need to deal with your children's negative attitude, which is as important as dealing with their actions because a bad attitude leads to bad behavior. Did you get that? A bad attitude, say it with me, a bad attitude, bad attitude. leads to bad behavior. Leads to bad behavior. Thank you. I'm going to tell you something. You do your child no favor when you let them get away with having a negative attitude. I know many in authority today uh, and CPS and everybody else, they frown upon spanking and look at it as it is some kind of physical abuse, which it can be if it is done out of anger and excessively. It really can be. The Amplified Translation says in Ephesians 6, 4, fathers do not provoke your children to anger. In other words, do not exasperate them. They spilled milk and you ready to whoop them as if you never spilled milk. Do not exasperate them to the point of resentment with demands that are trivial. You scream into the top of your voice over the little things. You're unreasonable. You're humiliating your children. You're being abusive to your children. Or by showing favoritism. This is another way you exasperate your children. And your children know when you're not fair. And they know when you're uh, uh, playing a, a biasness. When you're a difference to any of them. But bring them up tenderly and lovingly in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Parents, you will bless your children and their future if you obey what the scripture says when it comes to discipline. You say, what does it say? Let me just give you a few. Because some of y'all, you don't read your Bible enough to know. Proverbs 13, 24 says, whoever spares the rod hates his son, but he who loves him is diligent to discipline him or her. Hebrews 12, 11 says, for the moment, all disciplines seem painful rather than pleasant. You ever, you ever was about to get a whooping with your child and your mom or dad said, now this is going to hurt me more than you? You say, yeah, really. <laughs> you see, 
For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Proverbs 23, 13, and 14 says, do not withhold correction from a child. You're doing them no service. You're doing them a disservice. Do not withhold correction from a child. For if you beat him with a rod, he will not die. Now, I didn't say this. This is the Bible. (laughs) Now, don't go home and kill your kids now. Okay? All right. Verse 14. You shall beat him with a rod and deliver his soul from hell. Is that in the Bible? Parents. Now, listen to this, parents. Here's the other side. Oh, you listening? Parents, be mindful that you should be sensitive in the Holy Spirit's leading as to when to use other forms of disciplines. Let me say that again. I don't want you to miss it. Be mindful. You should be sensitive to the Holy Spirit's leading as to when to use other forms of discipline as your child grow older. You don't deal with a 10-year-old like you do a 2-year-old. Be mindful also that each of your children are unique in temperament and personality, which means each one may not respond to the same form of discipline in the same exact way. You can, you can, some children, you can just raise your, I, what did I tell you? And they, oh, 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 I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, oh, I won't do it no more, daddy, I won't do it. And you back off and they just write. The other rascal. <laughs> you say this, didn't you hear me? And he won't even answer. And that's when it's time for the Board of Education. (laughs) You can't deal with all your children the same way. They have different temperaments and personalities, different bents. Know your children, and the Holy Ghost will help you know your children when you're in the spirit of the living God. Number eight, a righteous father will make it priority to pass on his righteous heritage, not only to his children, but also to his children's children for generations to come. Proverbs 13, 22, a says, a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children, an inheritance to not only his children, but his children's children. When we think about inheritance, we often think about material things such as money, homes, furniture, family, heirlooms, jewelry, cars, etc., But the greater inheritance is a spiritual legacy, such as, you know what you need to leave your children? Salvation. They got saved because of your witness and your testimony. You need to leave your children a strong spiritual foundation. What a legacy. You ought to leave for your children and grandchildren uh, a well-rooted life that all the winds of this world and the confusion of this world cannot uproot them. You need to leave to your children an example of being faithful in service in the Lord's church. You need to leave to your children uh, of, uh, of how to be a good example. You need to leave to your children this kind of heritage, a good reputation. Leave to your children words of wisdom. Leave to your children teaching life lessons. Leave to your children prayers. 
I still can hear mama and daddy and especially my grandmother's prayers. Prayers, prayers, which they will remember long after you've departed this life. Leaving, you know what you can leave to your children? Leave uh, your personal Bible rich with notes that you have annotated down through the years and a treasure chest of precious memories. You know what I do? I, that's why I say have a Bible. I write in my Bible. I annotate. I highlight. I color code. I do all that. And when I've gone through that Bible and worn it out, you know what I do? I, I'm a, I give it to my son. I give one to my daughter. I'm going to give one to each of my grandchildren. So when I'm gone, they can look at, look at Grandpa's notes. I've been gone in heaven 20 years, and they're sitting there still looking, trying to figure out, what, was, what did he mean? Look at that. He highlighted that. that he highlighted that for a reason. What, what about leaving a Bible with annotated notes for each of your children? But now you can't do that if your Bible's collecting dust. <laughs> you know what you need to leave for, for your children? A treasure ch- chest of precious memories. Beloved, these are qualities of a righteous father, and it is our prayer that we uh, raise up the standard of our fatherhood. We raise the standard of our fatherhood. Fathers, what kind of legacy are you leaving your children? Is it a legacy of strife? Do they remember you for bringing much pain, abuse, a fractured family? When they saw you, all they saw was a daddy who brought trauma and bad memories or are you leaving a legacy of Christ-likeness, strong faith? Are you leaving a legacy of wisdom, patience, encouragement, and biblical principles that your family can hold on to throughout their lives? Let me tell you something, my beloved. Number nine, allow the church to help you reinforce the teaching of your home by coming with your family to in-person worship unless there are extenuating circumstances are beyond your control. We certainly understand that. Allow the church to help you reinforce the teachings in your home by bringing your children and your family to in-person worship, to Bible study, to Sunday school, to youth ministry, to vacation Bible school, to math camp, science camp, and on and on. Hebrews 10, 25 says, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. The church is a place of spiritual connection. The church is a place of spiritual healing. Listen, if you don't bring your children to church now, it's going to be a greater struggle for them to get to church when they're 21 and 25. The church is a place of spiritual renewal. It is a place for them to spiritually reset. It is a place of spiritual support. The church is a place of spiritual growth and spiritual nurturing. You can't bring your children to church once a month and think that they're going to have a strong foundation. The church is a place where you can receive a timely word from the Lord. Therefore, make up your mind to bring your family to the house of God to receive what the Lord has for you, which builds a spiritual foundation upon which they can build their lives. Two more, and I'm done. Number 10, an exemplary father is an available father. An exemplary father is an available father. One of the primary reasons America is in the state, the current state that she's in, which is a state of decline, is because of fatherless homes. Fatherless homes. Fatherless homes break my heart. According to the Blue Ridge Counseling.org, as of January 2020, listen to these stats. 
90% of all homeless and runaway children are from fatherless homes. 71% of all high school dropouts come from fatherless homes. 75% of all adolescent patients in chemical abuse centers come from fatherless homes. 85% of all youth in prison come from fatherless homes. And 63% of youth commit suicide because of fatherless homes. And what breaks me is when a child that's 12 years old commits suicide because their boyfriend or girlfriend broke up with them. What are they doing dating at 10 and 12? Can't count, can't read, can't add, don't know history. But talking about I love them. You ask them what love means? They can't even tell you. A fuzzy feeling. And, and then they commit suicide. They get that wrapped up. There are children who are un, undignified. They, they mess up themselves. They, they, they dismiss their dignity. Put stuff out to their boyfriend and girlfriend in their nakedness. And then they break up with them. And then that no good boy or girl, they put it out on the internet. Look, look what she is. You better write this down and write it down good. God, Holy Ghost, help me. I declare to you in the power of the Holy Ghost and in the name of Jesus, sin never works out. Sin never works out. And the scripture also says in Numbers, be sure your sin will find you out. Oh, God. Proverbs 22, 6 says, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. Dads, you cannot train up your children in the way he or she should go if you are an absentee father. You must be available to impact your child, to mold your children, to shape your grandchildren, to inculcate within them spiritual growth and development. You will regret the day you made money, your, your career, your hobbies, uh, more of a priority than your children. There is no substitute for your presence in your home. You as a daddy minister to your children with your presence. Fathers, what does it profit you to gain the whole world and lose your family? You can play golf, lose your family. You know the stats of, of your favorite baseball or basketball team, but you lost your family. You make big dollars, but you lose your family. The Lord will hold us responsible for the stewardship of our family. Finally, but not the least. Finally. Some of you saying finally. You watch a three-hour movie and can't sit in here one hour. Game go overtime. I saw that game go overtime the other day. Y'all laughing? Oh, yeah, yo, yeah. It was late, too. It was late. It was, I said, oh, no, it's late. I, I said, somebody please win this game. I don't want to see overtime. Win the game. I got something else I got to do. Win the game. Somebody win the game. Win the game. And Milwaukee won the game. He said, to come to church, ooh, I get my best sleep on Pastor Draper. <laughs> Satan don't mind you coming to church. If he can be, if I can be your best sleep. L- listen at this. 
Listen, number 11. Thank God. This is <laughs> uh, an exemplary father is an affectionate father. This is my, this is my come home point, y'all. Are you done? I'm done now. An exemplary father is an affectionate father. Luke 15, 20 through 21 says, and he arose and came to his father. This is, a, this is a, the parable of the prodigal son. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. His boy, he kissed him. Say kiss him. him. Say kiss him. him. Daddy kissed his son. I'm nasty. The daddy kissed the son. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight. You know what he said? I wish I could do every phrase of this, but time won't let. When you say sin against heaven, you say, what does that mean? So sin against heaven is synonymous with sinning against God. Because God is on the throne in heaven. I have sinned against God. And in your sight, daddy. And look what he says. He come back humbly. And am no longer worthy to be called your son. I got something to say, y'all, and I'll be done. When the prodigal son came back home, his father had compassion on him, ran and fell on his neck and kissed that boy. Dads, when was the last time you hugged your son or your daughter, hugged your wife and your children in an affectionate, healthy, and loving manner? So many families are starving for affection and begin to look for affection in the wrong places from those who will exploit them because they never got the right affection in the house. Whether your children are young, whether they are adults, whether they are obedient or disobedient, he's not obedient, I, I ain't going to kiss that rascal, I'm going to slap him. You should not hesitate to display affection toward your children when they're at their best and at their worst. Now, listen, uh, Daddy, I'm talking to you now. Say what you want. Oh, you scared to say it because you don't want to hear it. Say what you want. A little bit louder. I don't, no, I don't think you really want it. What you want? Refuse to be so macho and manly and proud that you deprive your family of the godly affection that they need. They're starving for it. Be mindful. The father of the prodigal son ran to him. I believe that's him. He ran to him. He ran to him. He said, I'm going to stay right here till he come. I'll make him take every step toward me. No. He ran to him. Fell on the boy's neck. And kissed him when he was dirty. Kissed him when he smelled like hogs. Kissed him when he was financially and spiritually bankrupt. And not knowing the prodigal son was coming home a repentant man. The father did not hold back his affection. And he fell on his son's neck and kissed him. You know what? In my sanctified imagination, I personally believe that the father lost control of himself in tears and poured out his affection on his son. Can't you see daddy kissing him till a fall, trip, 
fall on the ground and he's still kissing that boy's neck over and over again. Fathers, where is your affection? Your children need you now more than ever before. They need your affection. Be like the father of the prodigal son and not focus on what your child did. I know they did some things, but you did some things too. Come on, don't, don't act like you've been that holy when you were a child. Your, your memory, you know what you did. You know some things your children don't know about you. Hmm? Don't, don't focus on when, when they come back. Sometimes they leave out married. Here come three of them and one on the way. I told you, you lay your, make your bed hard, lay in it. Some of y'all good at saying that. Just beat folk up. Da, 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 da. Then I tell you, next time you go listen to me. And you got six weeks and bye. I don't see none of that here. Be like the father of the prodigal son and not focus on what your child did, what they have lost, and how much they have misbehaved, but love them like the heavenly father loved you. When we do this, we look more like our heavenly father who redeemed us in spite of our sinfulness because we too were lost. We too were estranged from God. We too were once rebellious. We, would, we too were once wayward and estranged from God. Romans 5 eight says, but God demonstrated his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. May we as fathers emulate the love of our heavenly father. Jesus loved us in spite of our sins, in spite of our wretchedness, in spite of all the stuff we've done against him. He loved us enough to die on the cross and demonstrate how much he loved us in our sinful condition, took our sins, put it on his shoulder, and became the sin bearer and died to redeem us, to emancipate us, and to set our sinful souls free. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church, located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, or call us at 210-821-5683. If you would like to make a special donation to support the radio ministry of Maranatha Bible Church, please visit our website at maranathasa.org. Select the Give option and choose the radio broadcast support fund. Thank you very much for your generosity. Come worship with the Maranatha Bible Church family on Father's Day, Sunday, June 19th at 10 a.m. On this special day, our worship celebration will express gratitude and appreciation to all fathers and grandfathers. Pastor Randall Draper has a special message prepared for all fathers that will encourage, bless, and strengthen them during these challenging times. Come celebrate Father's Day with us. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, 
uncovers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.